deep breath in and deep breath out. Do it again, but mindfully now. So deep breath in and know you're breathing in and deep breath out and know you're breathing out. Now it's time for you to listen to the Mindfulness at IBM podcast. Thank you a lot for having chosen to be here and with us. We have a fascinating guest from Red Hat today. We talk about a lot of, of about kindness and the effect that kindness have into every one of us and how to practice kindness, perhaps. But before that, it's as usual a time of um, uh, you know of us of the community to talk about the news, right? Um, so uh, as you as you can see, there is already a lot of uh, activity in the summit, right? There are a lot of people that are um, cooperating to make the summit happening. It's going to start uh, bit October eight, 18th to the 22nd. You can already see in the calendar, I will put the link below already, a lot of events. But we will actually uh, communicate officially the summit with more description information in the next newsletter, perhaps next week. For the moment, for the moment, uh, just have a look at it and, uh, you know, Save the date. And uh, Pat is here with me. Pat, what's the news today? Other than the summit, we have our mindfulness-based connect experience, MBCE, uh -huh. starting uh, soon, next month. So it's gonna, it's a nice journey for anyone to, to join. There's live sessions. There's home practices. You're in a cohort led by a mindfulness practice leader. And there's lots and lots of opportunity to learn what we're doing here in the corporate space, connect, and how to practice. Uh -huh. More, uh, more news also will be coming on when we're kicking off those, yes, those those kickoff sessions, and then you'll be able to choose which cohort you'll be a part of. Uh, we can say that this is the coronation of. Uh uh one year or actually almost like 10 months or even more i think we started uh, in october last year actually of uh, almost one year of efforts and coordination and trying to really put together not only the practice leader but topics and to make it a uh, fun um uh, and joyful interesting and uh, and memorable experience right informative particularly about the mindfulness at ibm right uh, so what to do if you want to take part as many people that really contacted me in this last week selling like I want to know what is MBC there is no link working on the page I cannot uh, enroll what is what was the bus right so I, I mostly share that this is the week actually where everything is starting so all start with a kickoff hmm? so below you have a link to enroll to the two kickoff we are going to have right in the kickoff we're going to explain everything about the experience so uh, how to start how to enroll what is it about right it's gonna so and there are like we did it in two days in two di in, in two different time zones so you should be able actually to find uh, the opportunity or the replay as well so enroll anyway and watch the, the playback um, after the kickoff we're gonna share with you the links to enroll uh, you should be able to enroll into one of the cohorts. Of course, there are several cohorts because there are more practice leaders to allow more people to attend it, but you choose the one that you like. And once you choose the cohort, all the rest is going to happen uh, along the way, right? With the cohort, you're going to be contacted by the cohort leader and the experience is going to start uh, in the middle of October. Uh, looking forward, but it's um, uh, hopefully the beginning of many waves of MBC, right? Yes, yes. 
And it's also a nice way to get, uh, I know not everyone's interested in this, but getting the badge, oh, the yeah. mindfulness that I've been community badge. This is one of the, the requirements to get it. Yeah. And do it if, or not only if you, if you want to refresh a bit your knowledge of mindfulness, do it. If you don't know anything about mindfulness, please, that's actually one of the best occasions you have in IBM to do it. And if you uh, already, you know, know about mindfulness a lot, um, but, you know, you want to connect and meet the members of the community, that's actually as well a great uh, opportunity to do it, right? Together with the opportunity to practice with many other people, right? So it's, it's, uh, it's an experience, right? That's why it's called the connect experience. So hopefully you're going to enjoy. And if you are not able, because now it's a very tough time, you have business reasons to, uh, you know, prevent you to be there, there is going to be approximately a couple of ways every year. So next time it's going to happen, it's going to be in the spring, right? So either now or wait for it in the spring next year. Said that? Said that. I think that's the... <laughs> That's the most burning news right now that's that's happening. I'm excited to to introduce our guest to everyone. So deep breath in and deep breath out. And now it's time for our guest. I think Pat that uh, you presented me our next guest for the first time, right? You were the master of putting us together, so you're the honor to introduce uh, Cole to us. Okay. <laughs> Paul's joining us from uh, from Red Hat in uh, how did how did cool did you put it the the autumn kissed uh, temperature that's outside right now she's joining us from from Charlotte and uh, she actually got introduced to me because of uh, Yashir and Chad which we know also from Red Hat yeah. Oh, we're very happy to, to have you here today. Thank you. I am so happy to be with you today. On the day that fall and summer mm -hmm. are trying to decide who's in charge, on the day that the eyelashes of fall are beginning to flutter and sort of kiss everyone around us, it's, it's cool here in North Carolina for the first time <laughs> in many, many weeks. And um, the windows are open in my home and... It's wonderful outside. I'm so happy to be with you. Nice. I always uh, saw this period because I, my, my birthday is very close to, to the beginning of September, right? And so that's usually my, the month where I, I, I've always been more mindful, let's say, from the past because I can recall, like, you know, birthdays are like a big emotion. And this is always to me like the, the, the most mindful uh, part of the summer where the summer is a bit tired of having summarized right <laughs> the whole time so it's just you know chilling chilling down and observing uh, and also nature is uh, you know getting ready for something afterwards so it's a it's a good moment for starting a mindful practice if everyone is listening and would like to start right that's a good um, that's a perfect month for doing it um, but Cole uh, tell, tell me tell me more about you right what's um, uh, what's your mindful journey and where did it start? Thank you for that question. I was really fortunate. I took my first yoga class 27 years ago when I was working and becoming really misaligned with who I was as a person. I felt that I had to be someone else when I showed up for work. 
And that created quite a bit of cognitive dissonance for me in my mind and my soul. And I went to my first yoga class and my teacher, her name was Felicia, she was amazing. She told me as I walked in the door, she said, yoga is great, but mindfulness will change your life. And I was fortunate enough to study under her and she taught me that mindfulness was not something that we, was elusive. It was not a destination. It was a practice to bring into every real moment of life, to savor life more fully, to understand the moments of life in the way that they actually were without all of the other stuff that we bring to the table. And I have been practicing ever since. And it's been the most, I think, the most powerful tool that I have ever learned because it's allowed me to do all of the things that Felicia promised and then also to have acute awareness of, you know, when I am very human and fall off the rails, <laughs> make a mistake. So, um, which is part of our human journey as well. Nice. I, I have a, a, another question about it because many, uh, many people that I met along my journey, right, gave, told me like, you know, I, I'm practicing yoga and yoga, it, it's already like something uh, uh, very much connected with mindfulness, right? Uh, so, uh, uh, and, but, but they stay just doing yoga. They say, yeah, mindfulness, when I do Shavasana and so on, it's actually nice to be there with my mind and relax and so on, but they don't do the step and just trying more about mindfulness. So what, what, what was for you that helped you to, to, to just get into mindfulness from, directly from yoga? Is, was there something in particular or um, anything that Yeah, happened? you know what, it's a really good point. So... I live in the United States, as Patrick mentioned, and yoga in the Western world is very different than the origins of yoga. You know, the word asana means to sit. And I'm also a certified yoga teacher. And so what I've learned across my yogic journey is that the roots of yoga were all about, you know, connecting with the inner source of self, connecting out with something bigger. Some people call it the divine. And really allowing the mind to understand what was happening in those moments, like I said, and drawing from that sense of source, that sense of self. Yoga is the practice, right? The, the way that we have westernized yoga, it's all about um, the postures, the shapes that we take during yoga. And, you know, the mindfulness part to me is meant to guide all of that. In the Western world, I think we veer more toward the shapes and more towards the postures to get the energy out that we need in this culture of doing, to allow ourselves to arrive at a place of being, being still, connecting. My mindfulness was triggered by the experience that I had when I allowed myself to become still, when I allowed myself to connect. And it was very much guided by my first teacher. But then as I've practiced over the years, it is that place of stillness for me. It is that you know, place of surrender, that place of deep connection. And it has transcended the yoga for me and really is the reason why I, I engage in the practice 
But it also helps me, I mean, when I'm at the grocery store or driving down the road, working every day, it guides every single facet of my life. And the thing that turned me on was the experience, how I felt, how I thought. I noticed what bubbled up and it was very different than if I was moving through life very quickly. Yeah, it is a... Definitely something to, to, to think about or define, you know, mindfulness and mindful movement and yoga and, and movement and how do they all align or how do they complement each other? For me, I, I guess I started out more in the movement places and it was really a game changer for me to start bringing mindfulness into the movement, whether that's yoga or other exercises to really, you know, pay attention to what's going on, how my body's moving, what emotions are present, what thoughts are present, the, the shaking, the, the heat and, and all that stuff. And, and seeing if one can really keep equanimity in, in or amongst all of that. So I really enjoyed, you know, listening to what you were just saying, Cole, about the yoga journey and the, and the mindfulness journey. Thank you, Patrick. And, you know, the other thing that I'll add for people who are not quite turned on to mindfulness yet and the power that it holds, it is our natural state to be focused. It is our natural state to be compassionate, to be generous, to be connected with one another. And mindfulness really is, it's the vehicle that, helps people, helps human beings live into those innate capacities more fully. And I, I think that, you know, whether you are holding a meeting, you know, writing with a pen in your hand, the type of awareness, I'm just smiling from ear to ear because I, you know, I, I think about how much just this shift, this little shift in this practice cultivated over time can allow every single moment of life to feel so different, become so meaningful. And even the smallest thing, you know, petting your, your dog or cat, it becomes so meaningful, you know, taking a breath. Um, there is in that deep reservoir of self, there is gratitude, there is love, there is patience and humility and objectivity compassion, all of those wonderful things. So once we allow ourselves to slow down, we learn how to breathe with intention. We learn how to put ourselves into that place. In my experience, it becomes as easy as flipping a light switch to access that, that place of self, that place of reflection and stillness. And it is a game changer all the way around. You don't have to be in a yoga studio. You don't have to go to the woods. You don't have to go to retreat. You know, mindfulness is the tool that allows us to navigate every moment of ordinary life and extraordinary life just the same in a way that is very full, very beautiful. So you point, you put the mindfulness as like a steering wheel, right? Um, the what gives um, a direction perhaps but also what um, 
as well helps to appreciate the the current location, right? So it's like together a map, maybe, and uh, and a steering wheel. Uh, so what what's, what are the um, the ways you that you use perhaps you know daily routines or practices that you use to uh, to navigate through uh, your your days with mindfulness thank you for that question every morning you know i've i've cultivated a practice um of moving through my days mindfully and so for me it starts with something simple in the morning. I wake up in the morning. I am grateful for the day that I have. I breathe with intention. You know, it's, it's a practice I like to take people through, imagining all of the changes that happen as you take air in and as you release air and all of the changes, the biologic changes that are happening within your body. You know, I really sit with that in the morning and you know, some days it's a few minutes, some days it's longer. So anywhere from five to 30 minutes, depending on the day. But then that becomes the guidepost for the rest of my day. It is the connection between my body and my mind that tells my whole self, this is how we're going to roll today with patience, with objectivity, with compassion, with kindness to leave everyone and everything better. And then throughout the day, you know, we are human our goodness can become challenged with the challenges of the outside world as we meet other energy that is challenged, that is frustrated. And when I meet that, I connect back with that morning practice. And I work very hard, quite simply, to avoid reaction and to lean into response. There is a difference between those two things. And Throughout the day, I will find myself taking the same type of intentional breaths, imagining all of those changes that are happening as the oxygen flows in and then, you know, CO2 flows out. And it allows me to move through the day with that same goodness that I've cultivated at the start. And I end my day in the very same way. So, you know, I would say for folks, again, it doesn't have to be you know, a special place or, you know, you don't have to go away or retreat. Once you cultivate this practice, this connection to the breath, which for me is the anchor, it is also the wave that I can ride throughout the day. But once I learned how to do that, once people learn how to do just that much, it does become that access point for more goodness, more response, more connection. So that's how I work it into my day every day. Oh, you also, um, you work with a, with a lot of people uh, on, on a team level, on a company level, on a, on a global level. How does this change? And you alluded to it, how you interact with everyone and how do you, how do you show this or tell this or bring this to others? Cause you also mentioned in the beginning, uh, mindfulness not everyone is mindful mindfulness yet or or something like that so i'd love to hear your thoughts around those things thank you patrick you know when i so in 2019 i left red hat because i felt that there was something really missing in business 
And the thing that I felt was missing was human connection. And I knew from experience that if we could connect more fully with one another, if we could commit to doing kind work, to leaving one another better, leaving everything a little better, that all of the outputs, all of the outcomes of business changed. I also realized back then that, and, and I learned this through my practice of bringing mindful practice and kind practice into Wall Street when they were my clients years ago. The word meditation freaks people out in the corporate world. You know, kindness freaks people out in the corporate world. They are terms that are misunderstood. Mm. So I yes. understood, right? So I understood back then that if kindness and mindfulness could become accessible, they could become actionable. So I stopped using the word meditation and started talking with people about, let's slow things down. Let's breathe and slow things down. Let's give ourselves a chance to shift from where we were to where we are and allow ourselves to be right here. And then I started my meetings on Wall Street years ago this way, setting intention for the time. You know, I would guide people through, you know, one to three minutes of what I called guided stillness. I invited them to close their eyes, put everything down, close the laptops, put the phones on, do not disturb and face down to remind them of all of the goodness that they had inside to allow them to make that shift. And invariably, every single time we did this at the start of a meeting, the whiteboards were filled up and there was joy in the room and people from cross-functional teams who walked in with their arms folded began leaning in and sharing ideas. And so, you know, that was the reason that I left to um, launch my company and teach people how to demystify mindfulness, how to make mindful practice and kind practice part of work, put it right at the core of work. So I explain it to people this way. You know, I, I, I teach them how to breathe. I connect them with what is going on within their body. You know, I teach them about neural pathways because I think once people can understand what is happening on a physical level, they see the benefit of pulling the practice in. And that first year, so when I left Red Hat, they then hired me to come back and consult with them a few months later. And over the course of that year, from July of 2019 through July of 2020, we did many, many surveys. And even the people who were most resistant, who were the biggest skeptics, who walked in with their arms folded and said, I don't believe in mindfulness, every single one of them, by the end of that year, 100% of them said, this has made a difference in not only the way that I work, this made a difference in the way that I collaborate with my team, the way I feel about work. And more importantly, it has changed me as a person. It has changed my marriage. It has changed the way that I interact with my children. It has made me more patient when I'm driving down the road. So, you know, that's a real testament to the fact that if we can make mindfulness accessible, small bites, small practices that people can work into their day, if we can help people understand what mindfulness really is and where it fits and how easy it is to begin practicing, you know, between emails, between meetings, um, before you show up for a meeting, you know, 
then I think we have a much stronger chance of taking mindful and kind practice across you know, the corporate world and, and really creating a new way of people working, changing the experience that we have when we show up to work because we are quite literally changing the way that we work together. And then the outcomes of business all snowball after that, right? They're all the beautiful things that all of the executives want, all of the shareholders want. All of those things come if we focus on the human connection first, we focus on the way that we're showing up, the way that we work and the way that we work together, all of the rest of it comes. Hmm. But so basically, so you, you, I know that um, mindfulness in this could be like a bag of, uh, of chips, right? So that uh, the, we know that they're delicious. We know that if you start biting the first, you're going to finish the whole package. Uh, the, but the problem is just in the package, I understand, right? So it's like how if it's the packages, we make it enough colorful and interesting, then you, uh, somebody is deciding, even if you never tried them, they decide to, to, to have a bite. And that's actually the only thing that would trigger uh, the you know, acceptance. Uh, but the, the problem is in, in the packaging, right? So, um, so w one way to make the packaging is just not talk about the, the word. Is there any other way we can... Um, bring uh, you know people in the corporate world to to try and have the first chip. <laughs> I love that analogy. I love it. The first chip, yeah. You know, mindfulness, kindness, all of these things that change the outputs of work and they change people. You know what we're talking about is. When you're asking somebody to sink in and try something new, you're talking about changing human behavior. So I realized several years ago, it's not my job to change people. It is only my job to create the environment for them to say yes and then make the invitation. It's up to them what they do with that. So when I was back at Red Hat Consulting from 2019 to 2020, I, none of my work was mandatory. Nobody had to show up. I mean, it was sponsored by, you know, the financial services vice president, Scott Sager. It was sponsored by the, a couple of key executives at the time. It was Jim Whitehurst at Red Hat. Um, but nobody had to show up. And I did that on purpose. I said, I don't want people to feel this is not training. You know, it is not a program. It is not a campaign. It's not a slogan. It's up to you if you show up. But the environment is here. The invitation is here. And so what I realized was by taking away that mandatory you know, nature of the, of the work that I was doing, people did start showing up. They were curious. And then what I saw happen was once they could experience what it felt like to be still, once they could experience what it felt like to be in a room with people who no longer were competing with ego or agenda, once they could experience what it felt like to be accepted, to be seen, to be valued, to be heard in that room, we are human beings, you know, Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, belonging is a big piece of that. So once people could experience that sense of we and that sense of belonging and acceptance, and they felt the way that their work experience changed, that was what got them to the first chip. And then they mowed through the bag and ordered lots of other cases of chips, you know. So 
it's about creating the experience and you know ultimately it's up to people to show up or not but if they're willing to say yes just the first time and we do a good job of making mindful practice accessible not ethereal in the western world again we have let ourselves to believe that it is a destination point, that it is erasing the mind. For me, it is none of those things. It is about navigating in a different way. So it comes back to experience. And I think, you know, going back to what I shared at the very beginning of our conversation, we all are innately born to connect, to be compassionate, to be focused, to be generous. And if we can use mindfulness as a way to help us get to those innate capacities, those innate states of being. It's human nature that we want more of that. That becomes, that becomes the hook. That becomes the anchor. It becomes, you know, <laughs> the desire that gets us to the bottom of the back of the chips. Well, I'm hungry for some more chips. Thank you, Cole, for... <laughs> for sharing all, all of these uh, these chips with us. Uh, and and Lele, as always, thank you for creating the, the container thank or the you. bag in this situation for all this to, to unfold. Paul, would you care to lead us in a short little practice to kick off uh, the week for, for all of our listeners and uh, that the three of us can also practice together? Absolutely. Thank you for that invitation, Patrick. I appreciate that. What I'll offer is a short, very short practice, just maybe, you know, a few minutes with the intention that this is something that people can use as an entry point, an access point to, you know, maybe get them to chip number two. And it's something, a simple practice that people can begin to work into every moment of their day no matter where they are, no matter what is going on. It's just a way to connect and to begin to slow down just a little bit. So, you know, it, it will be short and sweet and to the point uh, for anybody who really loves it. I lead a practice every week at noon Eastern at Red Hat for financial services. So if I have some friends out there that are listening and they'd like to join, that invitation is now open to you, open to anybody who would like to be there. So. We'll start this way. So if you will please put your feet on the floor, your hands on your lap and rest your back against the back of your chair so that you can be held. Settle in and begin to take a few breaths, not changing the way that you are breathing, not changing the pace of breath, but just with the focus on the very tip of your nose. Watching the air as it flows in, and then watching the air as it flows out. And please take three to four nice breaths, easy breaths, intentional breaths, just that way. Keeping your attention at the tip of your nose on these next three breaths, 
Begin to watch as the air travels in through your nose, travels down the back of your throat, and this time, watch it as it expands the lungs and drops down into the belly. So we're slowing the breath down. And then watch it as it leaves the body in the reverse order. Three deeper breaths this way. Bringing that breath forward with you. Bring your mind's eye up to your mind as if you're watching what's going on up there, like a screen. And take three to four breaths here and just notice what's going on. Without any labels, without any judgment, it is just fact. Noticing if the mind is busy if it is cooperative, how it feels. Now looking for places in the mind that need a little ease, that need to or want to move a bit slower, Take six breaths here, and as you breathe in, bring ease to those places in your mind. As you breathe out, let go of anything that does not serve you well in this moment. Moving your attention down into your physical body, continuing to breathe deeply through your nose, watching the air travel down as you had before. Begin noticing what's going on in your physical body. Looking for places that may be stressed, that may be tired, that may be painful. As you breathe in, send ease to those places, energy to the places that are tired, ease to the places that are stressed or painful. And as you breathe out, let go of whatever is not serving you well in your physical body today. Six deep breaths here.
On these last six breaths, bring the mind and the body together. And with every breath that you take in, allow yourself to soften. Allow yourself to be held. Allow yourself to be and to be still in these moments. As you breathe slowly in and out, notice what small shifts have happened for you. Notice places where the mind is a little slower or the body is a little more still. And make a note of what that feels like for you in this moment. Begin wiggling your fingers and toes, giving the body a signal that it's time to move from a place of being to a place of doing. Once again, over and over, it will happen throughout this day. Reminding yourself that this experience can be called upon and accessed over and over by simply making the choice to sit still, and take a few breaths on purpose. One more deep breath in please with your whole self from your nose to the lungs, to the belly and back out again. When you are ready, please slowly open your eyes. Muchas gracias. Thank you for that practice. Cole. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for being here as well. De nada. It was my yeah. pleasure. Thank you so much Come for again, having eh? me. Come again, Cole. <laughs> Tell us more about kindness and about your journey. Oh my gosh. I would love to. And what I'd like to sign off with is this. The very firm message that kindness mm. is a strength, that we are all born kind, and beyond that, it is a choice. So until we meet again, take good care of yourselves, take good care of one another, and most importantly, remember to be kind. Oh, remember to be kind. And that is, that is nice to hear. And uh, I don't think it's very um, uh, kind of easy to remember to do that, right? That's why I encourage everyone that is listening to Practice mindfulness to be able to remember to be kind because that's actually the, the, the little trick, right? That can help you to be more in the present and that's why you can remember. Thank you for listening and thank you for, um, you know, being 
uh, here uh, with us listening to this podcast and thank you a lot uh, Cole to you for um, for being here with us and uh, hopefully you're going to come again and again right as a guest I would love that thank you so much for inviting me to join you and thank you for everything you and Patrick are doing and taking into this world I appreciate both of you so much thank you thank